It is Eric Erickson here on WSB. Welcome, Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Hallelujah. Clear scans. Uh, thanks for the prayers. Uh, another another three months from now, we'll do it all over again, but uh, good scans today. No growth of existing tumors um, and no new tumors, so we are we're very pleased. Um, it has been a, a scrambling, mad dash of a day around uh, back and forth to Emory and picking up the kids from school. And while all of that was going on, the governor of the state of Georgia, Brian Kemp, made national headlines by signing the fetal heartbeat legislation. This legislation uh, will begin to restrict abortions in Georgia after a fetal heartbeat is detected. Now, some doctors say it's not really a heartbeat. It is the fetus uh, developing the muscle tissue structure and pulsing that will become a heartbeat, uh, that it's not actually a heartbeat. Uh, we can quibble over definitions if we want, but at, at that point, uh, you have a fetus that is beginning to develop signs of life, uh, developing its own heartbeat, and restrictions on abortion will begin thereafter. There will be exceptions uh, to abortion in Georgia. Uh, life of the mother, rape and incest uh, can get around the various exceptions or various restrictions on abortion. As well, it will allow mothers to pursue deadbeat dads while they are pregnant. It will allow families to pursue tax uh, credits, on their in state income taxes, not federal, but uh, state income taxes for while the mother is pregnant. Uh, these are all good things. It basically, it expands uh, recognizing life to when a life is conceived as close there as, uh, as possible. You don't have to have your child exit the womb to be able to say, we have a child. You do have a child. You're already incurring expenses because of that child. You have healthcare expenses related to the child. You have clothing expenses related to the child. You got food expenses related to the child. You, you got all sorts of expenses related to the child. And so the law, Governor Kemp is signing an into law now. It'll go into effect January 1st, says that we're going to go on and give you the uh, tax status of having the child since you have the child. You're already beginning to incur costs related to the child. Uh, it will allow mothers to go on and pursue deadbeat dads uh, for costs prior to the child uh, actually exiting the womb, which is also a good thing. It'll it'll make that process more efficient for moms. Uh, this is a good piece of legislation. Um, Pro-abortion activists are livid, and they're not helping themselves at all. You've got Christine Quinn on CNN today saying that uh, what is in a mother's uh, womb prior to delivery is not actually a human being. She actually said that. That, that runs contrary to all biological science and yet the so-called party of science they believe this a, rather a a controversial thing the governor has done kudos to him for the bravery in doing it democrats are vowing revenge democrats are vowing they're going to target republicans who voted for this legislation you know some of these republicans may actually lose because some of them are running terrible campaigns some of them aren't doing the things i think they need to do to actually win in 2020 but having supported the fetal heartbeat legislation isn't going to be what costs anyone their it's not going to be what cost anyone their election in 2020. By then, people will have moved on to something else. Uh, and let alone, this is an issue that has good support. Now, there is other news we need to talk about. This is actually potentially bigger news. 
at the signing ceremony today, the governor was there. He was joined by the lieutenant governor, the lieutenant governor's wife. He was also joined by the Speaker of the House, David Ralston. The David Ralston situation is beginning to spiral again uh, to the disadvantage of Republicans. I do not think it is a coincidence that this is happening in the run-up to the Republican convention. And the reason I say I don't think it's a coincidence is not because I think there are actually people plotting, saying, hey, the convention's coming up, we should cause trouble. I don't even think the speaker's going to it. Uh, The reason I say it's not a coincidence is because you have activists who are now beginning to talk to each other in the run-up to the Republican convention next weekend, not Mother's Day weekend, it'll be the weekend after. Uh, you got activists who are beginning to talk to each other about the issues they want to talk about at the convention, and the Ralston situation continues to come up among activists because a lot of activists do believe that David Ralston continuing on as speaker will hurt the Republicans in 2020. It will become a campaign issue. Well, today, I, I don't think word has broken anywhere else yet. I, I received a copy of this. I did spend time while I was at the hospital with my wife earlier before she went into the doctor uh, verifying the authenticity of the documents I have. A bar complaint has been filed against David Ralston uh, by one of the people who suffered because of his delays. This lawsuit is by a lady named Amanda Mosher. Her husband and daughter were killed and David Ralston represented the defendant. Uh, according to this complaint, he got uh, at least a, continued the case, dragged it out at least 13 times over more than five years, delayed the case uh, against his client, the man she says who she says killed my daughter and my husband. Despite, I'm reading now from the document, despite citing legislative duties and obligations as his justification for the delays, Speaker Ralston was often engaged in voluntary activities that were not critical to the operation of the legislature. Uh, She's accusing him of using the law to put his interests before the courts and before justice. Uh, There is much more to this. Now, uh, there are a number of interesting cases. We've got some members of the state legislature in, in the state house. I am. I was told. I, I think uh, Dominic Laricia has authored um, a letter to his colleagues where he basically doubles down in defense of the speaker. This may come back to haunt him in his election because new documents are beginning to trickle out about the speaker and various representation. Uh, There's another case where an individual was accused of um, essentially engaging in inappropriate activity with a minor. And this is very interesting. So the person is indicted and there are a series of continuances One of uh, his agreements while under indictment is that he will avoid areas where minors congregate. That's actually language. He was given a bond with the understanding he would avoid areas where minors congregate. In September of 2010, this individual was rearrested for violating the terms of his bond after he was spotted at a high school football game. This is where it gets a, a a curious, curious twist. In 2012, now again, there are continuances going on the entire time. And in December of 2012, the guy is involved in an auto accident while on a mission trip to Haiti. During his time in Haiti, uh, he allegedly worked with children and uh, he apparently was sent an 
air ambulance for treatment at a hospital in Tennessee. And a number of people say that uh, the Speaker of the House helped arrange the private jet to lift him. Now, he was apparently um, involved in a pretty bad auto accident in Haiti and that the Speaker helped arrange a private plane transportation to transport him uh, to a hospital in Tennessee. This is um, going to be blowing up again. Now, in 2014, Cherokee County dropped this case after 28 delays. And in 2015, the individual went on another mission trip involving children, or so I'm told. Um, these documents are beginning to circulate. Uh, there has been a deep dive. I, I've got a number of the documents here as the speaker situation continues to flare up, and activists are clearly beginning to talk to each other. That's why this is flaring up. A, a number of uh, Republican activists got very upset when they heard just the initial AJC reporting on the Speaker of the House, and they begin digging and have found numerous other times and numerous other people that the Speaker represented who he got continuances for. And now today, this afternoon, we have a bar complaint uh, from a lady. Um, her name is Amanda Mosher. I will read you just the beginning of the complaint. Um, my name is Amanda Mosher on January 24th, 2005. Um, I'm... Someone allegedly, and I am using the alleged language because he hasn't been convicted to my knowledge, um, killed my family when he drove a 2004 Ford Expedition into the rear of our 93 Ford Escort. I was driving at the time. My four-year-old daughter, Haley Winnell Truelove, my three-year-old son, Joshua Truelove, and my 24-year-old husband, Joey Truelove, were in the car with me. My daughter, Haley, was ejected from the car upon impact, still strapped into her car seat, and died two hours later. My husband, Joey, died en route to the hospital. My family was destroyed, my son was left without a father, and my life was changed forever. While my son Joshua and I sustained physical injuries, those wounds could not hold a candle to the emotional anguish we suffered for the next eight years, seven months, and 15 days while the accused lawyer... David Ralston wrongfully delayed trial and resolution of the case. The individual was first charged with two counts of homicide by vehicle on August 14, 2006. He pled not guilty to the charges and was released on bond. In October of 2008, after his first attorney became ill, he retained David Ralston to defend him. Over the next five years, his case was scheduled for trial countless times. However, until the news media became involved in 2012, each time the case was put on the trial calendar, the speaker filed for continuances, citing his legislative duties and obligations. And on and on it goes, documenting those times. Um, this is just a sad, sad situation. And there are a lot more cases and a lot more documents now working their way out. Uh, I, I encourage someone out there to get them and make sure they're distributed at the, uh, at the Republican Party convention in Savannah in two weeks. I have read through all of the documents and there is some just awful stuff in there uh, relating to how the speaker abused his position as speaker to continue cases uh, that he didn't necessarily have to. And we're going to see the drumbeat continue uh, until someone makes it clear to the speaker his he's kind of like mini mini Tinkle Parson. Your, your days have been measured. You were found wanting and it's time for you to go, buddy. 
If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have, well, keeps them from knowing their numbers is their hodgepodge of business systems. They have one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess, taking up too much time, too many resources, and ultimately that hurts the bottom line. So, I want to introduce you to NetSuite from Oracle. The business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's netsuite.com slash eric to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash eric. And thanks to NetSuite by Oracle for sponsoring this week's show. We need to move on to other things. Um, we are a weak people, and and I, I need to remind you that we are a weak people. Who is it? Any wonder the Chinese think they can take us? Anxiety about global warming. This is I'm reading a tweet from CNN. Anxiety about global warming has become such a concern that the American Psychological Association created a 69-page climate change guide to help mental health care providers. A 69-page climate change guide to help mental health care providers because anxiety about global warming has become such a concern. Maybe, 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 just maybe, let me throw this out there, maybe stop telling people that we're all going to die in the next decade. Maybe start there. Start start by being truthful about what's actually going on as opposed to making it up to scare people to try to get them to do things that they don't need to do. Welcome back. Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number, if you'd like to be a part of the show, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. It is Atlanta's evening news and news right now. You can use the Dow fell more than 450 points today. Uh, news of the president heating up the tariff war. So I decided it was time to bring back my buddy Chris Burns. You can hear him here every weekend on Dynamic Money, and you can hear him here right now. Welcome, Chris. How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. It's been a weird day, but it's, uh, <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I am doing all right. I, so the stock market doesn't seem to like these tariffs, even as the New York Times is running a piece today suggesting maybe the president can get China to cave by doing this. Well, I, you know, I don't like tariffs. T tariffs in general are something, and, and I've talked about this before. I know you've talked about this before. In general, um, they're not a great tactic to use because we, we talk about trade imbalances all the time. So when we were you know, throwing tariffs or the threat of tariffs at our allies, because of trade imbalances, economically speaking, that's not something that I was a big fan of. But China's kind of a unique situation. China has for years been a bad actor on the world stage here. They have done all sorts of things that we all know about um, to subsidize their own companies, uh, to basically blackmail American companies for intellectual property if they want to get into their markets and all sorts of things. And so we have these negotiations going and everybody at the end of last week is saying, hey, everything seems like it's going well. And then seemingly out of the blue, 
um, but not. On Sunday, President Trump tweets, I'm not happy with how things are going. We're going to bump these tariffs that we're already that we already have from 10 percent to 25 percent. And everybody's a little shocked. But we got a, a look into that in the last few days. And basically, it seems like what's going on is as the U.S. has said, hey, we want to see actual details, not just China saying we're going to change some of these bad practices in general, which is what they're saying. We want timelines. We want specificity. And China's come back and said, well, we don't really want to do that. And I think President Trump just got ticked and said, well, then we're going to you know, take, take the uh, tariffs way up, which is classic negotiations. But when you're talking about the two largest economies in the world, even if it's merited, um, a game of chicken like that's going to impact your 401k. It's going to impact right. the market. So that's where we see this volatility coming. Well, and it seems like some of the big losers are, are the tech companies that do so much business within China right now, so much exporting from China back to the U.S. Yeah, is it worth the cost is, is the question a lot of people ask over time. I mean, because really it's American, a lot of American companies getting nailed by this in the short term because you know they are they're doing massive business in china's china growth technologically and you saw them have the worst losses today i mean nvidia lost like close to four percent you just see these chip makers especially technology companies getting hit but is it worth it long term for us to say we have a fair deal when we you know walk in and do economic relations with china so that's that's kind of the game we're playing here and it's a weird game and chuck schumer tweets out his support for the president. Right? I'm glad I you mean, said that. I, I, I was going to ask you your reaction to that. that uh, you've got Chuck Schumer. In fact, I saw a number of, of even conservatives pointing out that, that China, this looks like we mean business when you have the Senate Democratic leader standing behind the president on this issue. Well, and you see the Chinese respond to that by, you know, there was a big question because it was a big affront to China for the president to tweet this out. Are they even going to come to the trade table this week? Because there was massive negotiations set up and they're coming. So, you know, in some sense, that's a win for the president already that, that China has said we're still going to send a delegation. Their top, uh, their top uh, negotiator is coming one day late kind of as a, you know, to show his unhappiness. But in essence, they're still coming. And I think it shows a, uni- a unified government, which is not something we see too often. This has happened, obviously, in the past. Chuck Schumer, long-time supporter of strong uh, policy when it comes to China. But still a strange thing to see in today's landscape. Well, one last thing for you. Um, Moving forward, what should people be looking for um, as the situation develops? Yeah, the number one thing is all this is interesting and we all go, what's going on? Why is it happening? But the question for me is related to what you said, how does this boil down to regular people listening right now? What does it mean? And it means, you know, you open your 401k tomorrow and you're going to see a drop and there could be uncertainty in that. And here's what I would say. Um, there's also a lot of opportunity right now because we're sitting on top of the longest bull market in history. Okay. Even with a drop yesterday and today in the market, we're still significantly up for the year. So this is a great reminder of what it feels like when the market drops. And a lot of us, when the market's doing really well, we forget about that. So if you wake up and it freaks you out that you saw your 401k drop, now is the time to sit and reevaluate the risk you're taking because you need to pick a strategy that you can stick with regardless of the news cycle that happens to be going on. So even if we get through, and, and the news doesn't help with this. I was reading the Wall Street Journal today. Already I saw, you know, I see traders and analysts say they expect this is the beginning of a choppy stretch for the market. Well, they don't know that. Right. Nobody knows that. It could be great tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. The question really is, do you have a strategy in the market that 
today's news, tomorrow's news doesn't make you make some massive change and feel comfortable in it. It's a good reminder to, to dig into that if you're not comfortable. Look, that works for me. Chris, I got to leave it there. Thanks so much, Chris Burns, Dynamic Money. You can hear him here on the weekends. If you want to get a little more from Chris, by the way, on this, uh, you can tune in Sunday mornings uh, to Dynamic Money. That's his show. And, and it's also the name of his business. You can go to dynamicmoney.com and um, talk with Chris. Uh, my wife and I have actually been talking to Chris about helping us with our financial planning. I just I don't have a business brain, folks. Um, I try to surround myself with really good people who can do that for me. And I've been very, very blessed with really good people who can. And Chris is one of them um, to just help me help myself really when it comes to money. Um, now, this is going to be something that impacts the market, but this comes at a time Gallup is showing something very interesting. And it's, it's interesting to have Gallup do this because Gallup, you know, kind of withdrew themselves from presidential polling in election years because they got it so wrong uh, in the last election, uh, last presidential election. And so they withdrew and they've been running models to try to figure out how they can improve. But one thing that they are doing fairly consistently is they're doing presidential job approval. And that's different from presidential polling and for an election. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, the pool of people is bigger and you're dealing with registered voters. You're not dealing with likely voters. And Pew, or not Pew, Gallup thought it had messed up its likely voter model, and I think there's some truth to that. So they decided to focus on the presidential job approval ratings, and they have historic job approval ratings data that goes back to, I think, the Eisenhower administration. They've been doing it for that long. One of the interesting nuggets uh, from the Gallup polling is that the president's popularity right now, according to Gallup, I'm not talking Rasmussen, I'm talking Gallup. The president's popularity right now is higher than it was for Barack Obama, Jimmy Carter, and Ronald Reagan. After the Mueller report, after the Mueller report has come out, after everything else has come out, this president is more popular with registered voters than Obama, Carter, or Reagan, two of whom won re-election that's pretty significant in light of how the economy is doing, and I think it's safe to say, in fact, I know it's safe to say because I've talked to folks in the White House about this, that the president thinks he has some wiggle room to escalate this fight with China because the market and the economy are doing so well. And the New York Times today itself is running a, a piece where a, an expert on the Chinese economy is saying that the Chinese underestimated American resolve on this issue, and they're shocked to see Democrats and Republicans alike lining up behind the president when they read the American political landscape as so divisive that if President Trump did X, Democrats would demand Y. And instead, Democrats and Republicans alike are lining up behind the president on this issue, and China's having to second-guess itself on this. That's actually pretty profound. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I really actually am stunned by the president's job approval ratings, um, it just in that he has withstood so much for so long from so many people, and he's rebounded. And the prevailing narrative in the media was that he was on a trajectory of decline, and, and even with the Mueller report and everything else, 
it is really hard to beat the job economic numbers. In fact, um, I was talking to a buddy of mine who works for the president fairly directly on a daily basis with the president the other day. And he said what several other people in the media are echoing, and I don't think he's the source for it, given how they characterize the source, but that the president's biggest worry right now is the Federal Reserve. And he thinks the Federal Reserve makes or breaks him. Now, why is that? And that's one reason, by the way, he wanted Herman Cain and Steve Moore on the Fed um, because he knew they would have his back. Um, and the president's not sure others will. What? Why is this? Well, the economy is so on fire right now. It is very, very, very hard to find good workers because they're all taken. In fact, I had Chris Burns on last week when the uh, job numbers were in, and he said, this is the time to market yourself. If you want a new job, the economy is so hot right now, employment is so full that you can go out, and this is an employee demand market. Um, you go out, you make demands, you can probably find a new job that you're qualified for, get your resume in order, because employers are looking for highly qualified people, and they can't find them right now. Everybody's got a job. The problem with that, though, is that to get people, pe uh, employers are going to have to raise wages. And in raising wages, they're going to pass the cost on to consumers. And the only way to really stop that at this point is if the Fed lowers interest rates, it makes the cost of capital go down potentially. And it can help the economy move along. But uh, the Fed, of course, has inflationary concerns that if they make capital more easily available, people are going to be burning through more cash. Interest rate or inflation might go up. It's going to be problematic. So they're going to have to find the balance on that. Now, when we come back, uh, we got an update on Hushton, Hushton, Houston, however you want to say it. <laughs> don't, don't call tonight. Don't at me. We got an update on this story. It's a pretty big one. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I, listen, I don't mean to be dismissive uh, to people who live in Hushton and are very upset that I pronounce it Hushton. Uh, you should have seen our phones light up yesterday here in the studio of people who were genuinely angry. And I found it very deeply ironic that there were that many people angry that someone who doesn't live in Houston said Houston on the radio. And the criticism of the mayor of Houston is that the people of Houston could not handle having a city administrator who is black. That's That was why she blackballed a, no pun intended, gosh, maybe I should have better choice of words there. Uh, she, she said no way on a potential hire, not because he wasn't qualified. In fact, he was qualified. She said no for the sole reason that she did not think the people of Houston could uh, handle having a black city administrator. And then I said Hushton on the radio and angry people lit up the phones and uh, to, to demand that I, I pronounce the name right or, or go away. Nonetheless, they had a meeting last night uh, and people showed up to demand she and Councilman Cleveland uh, 
uh, resign. Councilman Cleveland is the councilman who confirms the mayor said what she said. The mayor is denied she said it. Councilman Cleveland says not only that she said it, but that she's right. And that he's a Christian, and, and his Christianity tells him that, that whites and blacks shouldn't intermingle and definitely shouldn't marry, which I don't know what Bible he's got, but mine says no such thing. Mine says there's neither Jew nor Greek nor male nor female in the eyes of God. Um, and I don't know. But so they, they had a, a very quick meeting. A ton of people showed up to demand they resign. They did not have a public comment section. They adjourned the meeting and fled the scene. And the mayor was able to skip out without having to interact with voters. This is a problem. This really genuinely is a problem in the 21st century in Georgia that there are elected leaders who believe that their citizenry can't handle someone of a different race. I get that there are people who are advancing social norms uh, beyond where some people are comfortable, I, particularly it, it, these days with transgenderism. There's actually a story of the sack of stuff that a uh, number of very prominent female athletes have come forward that is saying that it is unfair to female athletes to have to complete with men who think they're women. I agree with them completely. And I realize the media is really pushing very hard to mainstream and normalize transgenderism. I think they're going to have a hard time just on the biological argument alone. But the racial issue is not the transgender issue. They are completely separate issues. And as I say all the time, you don't need a bumper sticker on the back of your car to tell people you're black or white for that matter or Hispanic for the most part. I, I this, 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 this entire argument baffles me that a mayor would believe her citizens in her city couldn't handle having a person of a different race in charge of administer it, it being in charge of the administration of a city it just it just boggles my mind in the 21st century we are still having to deal with issues like this it, it really actually does um but here this is where we are and you have a city councilman who is willing to say that he is opposed to interracial marriage and then to say that it's because of Christianity. He's a Christian. And, and listen, Christianity is opposed to a lot of things, but interracial marriage is not one of them. And I just, I, I'm, I'm baffled by this entire issue. So they had the meeting. They quickly, abruptly adjourned the meeting and there was no resolution. And I, I think that... If we live in a day and age where we have elected officials who say we can't hire someone because they're black, that we need to not be hiring those elected officials. And they probably do need to resign. I, I think they should resign. Um, I, and I think it speaks poorly of their view of their, of their voters that they think that their voters can't handle someone of a different race being an administrator of city government. It speaks very poorly. Um, on them that they view their citizens that way now so i'm coming home the other day uh from a funeral and coming uh, my my friend aaron sims i mentioned on the radio passed away his funeral was on saturday uh my buddy philip and i were coming home we're headed down 75 there's traffic backed up there's been a wreck uh, there are firefighters there are lanes closed they're doing their best to accommodate traffic and people decide that the emergency lane is a lane worth driving on. 
I don't care who you are, unless you have blue or red lights flashing, do not ever do that. If I could have somehow swerved and run the people off the road who were doing that just just out of spite, it makes me... I have been on the road before where there was an accident ahead of me, and there were people literally actually dying and the ambulance could not get to the people because geniuses had decided to drive up the emergency lane and they got stuck and they were blocking the path of the ambulance that was going to help try to save the life of the person who was in the car wreck. Don't ever drive in the emergency lane. While we're talking about driving pet peeves, let's just say this. I think that... We are in a situation where the state needs to begin enforcing the left lane passing law. I drove home from Atlanta today. We were at Emory. Christy had her scans. All good. Thank you for the prayers. We're driving home. I cannot tell you how many times I got behind someone in the left lane who was driving either mile per hour precise on the speed limit or less than the speed limit. And I realized there are people who drive around. I'm driving the speed limit and I don't have to move out of this lane because I'm driving the speed limit. And it's illegal for people to go fast. No, you're the one causing the wreck. Nine times out of 10, it's the slow poke who's causing the wreck because people are swerving around them to get around them. And the left lane, according to Georgia law now, is for passing. It's not for driving. So get out of that lane. I thankfully have it, and it really makes my wife mad, and maybe I shouldn't confess this, but I have been known in my giant SUV to get up behind the slowpoke and pressure them to, to move out of the way. And there have been times I've done this where I'm not even in the left lane. I'm not even trying to pass. There's just some slowpoke doing 65 miles an hour in the left lane, and I feel compelled to try to convince that person to get out of the way for everybody else. It would be more effective if I had a black SUV instead of a white one. Nonetheless, it, 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 this is, a, this is a, a problem, and I can't tell you how many times uh, there have been wrecks in this state on the interstate because it's the slow person in the left lane causing people to have to swerve around them, uh, pass to get around them. It is that person who causes the problems. I will, it, I'll leave it at this. So I'm driving home. I am south of McDonough. We are past the toll lanes. We are headed to Locust Grove. And traffic is backed up and you come down a hill and y'all know where it is. You, you got the trees and you come into the clearing there right before Locust Grove and the hill goes up again so you can see the traffic ahead of you. It is a red pickup truck in the left lane. There are at least 15 cars behind this red pickup truck and people are having to pass, uh, go into the right lane to pass this red pickup truck that will not get out of the left lane, despite not even doing the speed limit, not even doing 70 miles an hour. And all I could think was there needs to be a police officer who arrests this person because someone's going to die in a flaming car wreck because of this idiot. Uh, I was genuinely, that is the one thing that can just drive me to road rage is the slow poke in the left lane that's going to cause an accident because everybody's got to pass him by getting into the lanes that people are actually driving in. Uh, it just, it infuriates me. But to come full circle, don't get out of your car on the road when there's a wreck and don't drive in the emergency lane. It's called an emergency lane for a reason. And you deciding that you got to get home is not an emergency. The actual emergency personnel need to use that lane unless your car's broken down and then that's where you put it.
If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have, well, keeps them from knowing their numbers is their hodgepodge of business systems. They have one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess, taking up too much time, too many resources, and ultimately that hurts the bottom line. So, I want to introduce you to NetSuite from Oracle. The business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's netsuite.com slash eric to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash eric. And thanks to NetSuite by Oracle for sponsoring this week's show. Hello there. It's Eric Erickson here. Now, let's see. Do I have time? I Yeah, I got time, I think. Um, Bob in Powder Springs, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. Thank you for taking my call. Congratulations on the all clear. Thank you. Uh, this morning. I had a question for you. The, the folks in Hoshton, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or not, but um, I'm just wondering if some of the areas in the South Atlanta and DeKalb County if the non-elected officials uh, in those counties, uh, the city managers and all those areas, are, are they, do they hire uh, diverse, diversity? Do they promote diversity? Or are their city managers black like the constituency in, say, Jonesboro or Henry I, County? Honest to goodness, I have no idea. I can tell you in, in my area that is predominantly black, the city manager is white. Uh, in fact, the town I grew up in uh, is predominantly black, and the city manager is, is white. Um, you're not supposed to look at that characteristic at all, though. That's that's the point. It's against the law to look at that characteristic to begin with, and you shouldn't have to do it. It's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We haven't mentioned her in a while. Uh, You know, I try not to mention her too much just because I think sometimes people linger too much on her. Well, she has never seen a garbage disposal before and was actually shocked by the garbage disposal in her apartment. And I have to be really honest with you here. I'm more shocked by the people who are shocked that she's never seen one before. Uh, And I say that because when Christy and I got married in 2000, we lived in a house that didn't have a garbage disposal and we lived there for almost 11 years. Yeah, I think just over 11 years we lived in this house and we never had a garbage disposal. I mean, my my oldest never experienced a garbage disposal until we moved to this new house and she doesn't use it. Um, I... Well, okay, yeah, I knew what a garbage disposal was, and and I guess to the extent that she's saying she doesn't know what one is, um, is is kind of amazing. But 
Yeah, the yeah, I just I, I don't know. Um, people have different life experiences. At the same time, though, this is a relevant point uh, that this is a woman who wants to dictate how you live your life. And she is not a very well-rounded person. If you add the data points together, she's never seen a garbage. She didn't know what a garbage disposal was. Charlie's right. I, I knew even if I didn't have one, I knew what one was. She never did. She thinks that there is not a problem at the VA. She thinks that um, you every every apartment complex in the world actually has separate recycling bins, which they don't. Uh, she thinks all sorts of things that are not true. She doesn't really have a lot of life experiences. And one of the things that we should want from our leaders in the United States is well-rounded experience prior to getting into office. And, and I actually think to some degree there is a detriment to Joe Biden that can be used against him by some of the Democrats if they're willing to do it. And I don't think any of them are because they're kind of in the same boat. But Joe Biden went into the Senate as the youngest senator and stayed there, raised by the wolves of the Senate, Ted Kennedy and Chris Dodd. Uh, there are horrific stories about how Ted Kennedy and Chris Dodd together would treat women, and they essentially raised Joe Biden in the Senate. He's never had a job that wasn't in government service. He's never lived in the private sector. He's never done these things. The, the, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at least was a bartender, but she hasn't had really any real world experience with which to shape her views of the world. And yet she wants to control how you live your life. That's deeply problematic. And now Deep Thoughts by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Hey, we need to make it easier to compost because when it's hard to do these things, you toss them in the trash. That was Deep Thoughts by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And clearly she never considered the garbage disposal. I, I suspect when she figures out how the garbage disposal works, she's going to want to try to ban them nationally. Because you put food into the garbage disposal and it tears the food into tiny pieces and flushes it away with the water, goes back into the sewer system goes back to the wastewater treatment facility. Yeah, she's probably going to want to try to ban them now that she knows what they are. Once she's used them uh, and tried them out and realized what a joy they are as a, to have a garbage disposal in your house. Yeah, we lived in a house for 11 years without a garbage disposal, and I will never forget the very first time I had to clean out the refrigerator at our new house. I thought, you know what? I am putting everything down the garbage disposal. I actually wound up putting so much stuff down the garbage disposal. It clogged the pipe and we, and we ran the dishwasher that night. It backed up the water and it flooded the kitchen in our new house. <laughs> ah, irrational exuberance when it comes to using the, the garbage disposal. But by God, it was wonderful to finally move into a house that had a garbage disposal. Eric Erickson here in Atlanta's Evening News. William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, has told colleagues, ensuring it would leak to the media, that he thinks Bob Mueller should testify before the Senate. I cannot overstate how so much of the press is so badly misreading the William Barr situation. 
the Democrats, of course, are desperate to go for impeachment. The, the, the Democrats want to impeach any and all Republicans. In fact, here's Elizabeth Warren talking about impeaching the president. Us, for this body, for Congress, to back up from that and to say that protecting the president is more important than protecting the Constitution is not only wrong, it is a violation of our oath of office. I'm here to say one more time in publicly, this is not a fight I wanted to take on, but this is the fight in front of us now. This is not about politics. This is about the Constitution of the United States of America. We took an oath not to try to protect Donald Trump. We took an oath to protect the con and serve the Constitution of the United States of America. And the way we do that is we begin impeachment proceedings now against this president. And, of course, she's running for president. That's why she's doing it. Uh, Democrats have been chattering. She had not taken a firm position on this. So now she is. She'll want to impeach William Barr as well. And everybody's just misreading the situation. Listen, William Barr gave the Democrats exactly what they wanted, a minimally redacted Bob Mueller report. He's just playing. Today. I'm beginning to think William Barr must be the smartest man in Washington. He's played the president perfectly. He's gone on TV and done exactly what the president wanted to do. And behind the scenes, he's doing all of the things that Democrats want. In public, he is the president's man. He is the man defending the president. He is the man dismissive of the Mueller investigation. He's the man saying, this is it. It's done. My call. And I say no. And behind the scenes, he's saying, here's your full report, minus the redactions I lawfully have to make. Yeah, I think Bob Mueller should testify. Oh, yeah, I, I think we should do X, Y, and Z. This, It's amazing how he is playing this so well and how the Democrats and the media just don't really get it. It's just, it's amazing the man is outmaneuvering everybody.